Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. When I was very little, like five or six I'd say, my dad used to take me on all sorts of adventures through nature, especially when we owned a little cottage up in the Scottish Highlands. Now, my dad is sort of a combo between an Irish bloke plus a Yorkshire laddie type of fellow and very spry, despite his being about 55 at the time. And on this particular occasion, I decided that we were going to go hiking way up in the cliffs. I was quite happy with this development as it meant a piggyback ride for at least 90% of the difficult bits. This was a, a proper, proper trek too. He wanted to get to one of the highest bluffs so that we could have an amazing 360 degree view of the gorgeous meadows and some sparkling sea. But after we reached the top of the plains where it's all short wind-whipped grass and you can see for miles, he suddenly turned very still and very quiet. But when you're small, your parents are like gods, so seeing your dad look frightened is scarier than anything your own mind can come up with. So, I was pulling on his arm and going, what, what? My mum is actually epileptic and I saw her fits when I was a kid, so I thought it was happening to him too or something similar and I wouldn't know what to do because we're up on this huge cliff and no one is around. When, just as fast as he started it, he snapped out of it. Fireman lifted me right up on his shoulder and just started striding away without a word. Over his shoulder, though, I could see a big yellow pale object stuck in the ground like uh, an obelisk or something. I know now, though, that it was actually a refrigerator. But when I was older, and I asked my dad about it too, he just stiffened up and told me that when he was a boy in the 50s, he and his little friends had found an old-style fridge in the woods, and being little boys, they opened it. And well, of course, they had found a body... Another child who, by whichever means, had found themselves in the fridge and unable to get out. But my dad has never mentioned a gender, which leads me to believe that he either witnessed a very decomposed or skeletonized individual, but I can't ask him. Remember that episode of The Simpsons where they unlock Homer's PTSD and it turns out that he found a dead body when he was a teenager? 
Well, my dad grew increasingly uncomfortable the first time that he saw that episode and had excused himself to the kitchen before the ending. My dad has seen some pretty gnarly shit in his life, but for whatever reason, he just will not discuss anything further about this dead child in the fridge, only that it happened. So when he explained, I assumed it was the trauma and I said something like, Oh, Dad, that's awful. So when you saw the fridge up there, it brought up all those old memories, right? And he honestly looked at me with his big blue eyes like I was an idiot. And I'll never forget what he said. No, Amy, he said in a very low tone. It was because it was the same fridge. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. So in my late teens, I had this friend, Felix. Unlike my social anxiety-ridden self, he was a social butterfly and appeared to know everyone. As such, I ended up knowing a lot of people by proxy and hung out with some interesting folk. But the one I'm going to talk about below is named Carly, and I'm not 100% convinced, but she might be a real-ass witch. So I was at Felix's place one night with a few people, and we are all playing a game of Risk. We had smoked a bit and got to talking about some weird topics, compounded by the fact that we were weird teens. You know, the usual. My buddy had crazy stories about getting stuck in a radio tower, another friend had stories about getting locked in a basement all night, and I had my ghost stories. And it was one of the few times that people believed me, so that was nice. Carly had one that we actually called bullcrap on the most. But Carly was your typical kind of edgy goth girl, complete with clothes that would put a stripper to shame and enough makeup that it had a noticeable thickness. She was hot, I'll admit that, but we were distant friends and I had hung out with her a few times with Felix. She seemed nice enough, if a bit emotionally reserved, but apart from that she was okay. Well, this one night, she up and states that she has an energy vampire. I had no idea what that was as I didn't really have access to a lot of internet in rural Newfoundland. But she goes on to say that she gets energy from people's emotions. She can allegedly feel people's auras and she can detect when people have issues and she has to keep her emotions in check because she can get powerful. Whatever that means, right? But me and Felix call bullshit, obviously, as we had never seen her be powerful, and those kind of claims just reek of fake coming from the edgy goth kid. She goes on and does a reading where she's able to tell me about my emotions. I remember she rightly said that I was depressed, but that isn't much of a shocker to anyone who met teen me, and told Felix that he had a grave injury impending. His mum did have a stroke like a year later for what little that might be worth. She also said, though, some other vague things to the rest of the people that we were hanging out with, which were probably correct, but I couldn't confirm. Finally, though, after this had gone on for like an hour or so, I called her bluff. I asked her where did she get this mystical power, and I remember asking her if her dad was a warlock and her mum a pixie. She says that she was taught by Mother Hilda, 
and that was the most bullshit name that I had ever heard, and I said, Oh yeah? Where the hell does she live? Up your ass? Becoming visibly distressed, she said to me and Felix, who was laughing his ass off, mind you, that she could bring me to her next weekend. Thinking that she would bring me to one of her weird goth friends, who would try some edgy crap and always down for a laugh, I, of course, said yes. Felix was down as well, and so it was settled. Now, it's important to know that I have an issue with being a passenger in cars. I fall asleep almost immediately when not driving, a holdover from long car trips with the family. I mean, I fall asleep immediately, and if I can make it five minutes, it's pretty much a miracle. It's really important to remember this because I sure as shit wish it wasn't the case. So when the weekend comes, me, Felix, and Carly all get together to go meet this person. I had assumed that it would be some person that we would meet in the basement of their parents' house, but Carly says that Mother Hilda lives on the Bonavista Peninsula. That's a good three-hour drive in good weather from where I lived, and I was frankly more pissed off that she didn't bring snacks. So we all got in her car, and she had got no license already since she was six months older than us, and we set off. In my true fashion, I fell asleep within minutes, and I don't think we even hit the highway before I was out. And when I had woken up, we were driving on a dirt road in the middle of nowhere. But for those of you who haven't been to Newfoundland, I think my wife put the Bonavista Peninsula best. It's like you're walking on graves of just millions of really pissed off ghosts. Gloomy skies, gloomy landscapes, and a real feeling that something is watching you from the tree line where you just can't see them. I frankly hate the place. Most people I know from it are great, but everyone I know who lives on it is just miserable. So I came to, like I said, and we were driving down this poor excuse for a road and what could be more aptly named a goat path, I suppose. I immediately start complaining, where the hell are we? Why are we here? What are you planning? You know, just reasonable questions. But to all of the questions, she answered, Mother Hilda will answer like a psychopath. Felix doesn't say a word and just kind of looks mildly amused. So after what felt like forever, we come to find some kind of clearing. It's really just a place where the trees aren't that big, and in the middle sat an old school Newfoundland box house in absolutely horrible condition. Like, no one had shown this house a lick of love in like a hundred years run down. It still had windows given, but the roof looked like it was attempting to threaten the ground with its lean. I remember the place was blue, and the goat path didn't reach all the way up to it. It stopped about a hundred feet shy, because of course it did. But Carly stops the car, gets out, and again like a psychopath, says, Mother Hilda will answer. I looked at Felix, who has the biggest grin on his face. He's high as a kite, and I berate him as this shit is fucking horrifying, and his only real response getting out of the car is, you're a better man than me for doing this sober. So I get out of the car with Felix, who insists I go first. My only thought is, why am I being the one murdered? Carly walks through the trees with her arms outstretched in a T-pose of sort, spinning and singing, Mother Hilda knows all. Felix looks at me and says, we're getting fucking murdered, aren't we? Carly reaches the door, opens it, and motions for us to come in. Now, I saw two options at this point. Either go in with the witchy woman, or brave the untamed wilderness of rural Newfoundland in God knows where. 
I eventually reached the door though and the place is just pitch black inside. It was a generally overcast day outside and the windows must have been covered with paper or something. It wasn't freaking furnished, no lighting, just rotting boards and the smell of my impending doom if I'm being honest. I can hear Carly laughing upstairs because of course there's an upstairs. So I think, yep, I'm going to die here. This is a murder house for her weird rituals or something. I can tell Felix is thinking the same thing, but insists that I go first. Thankfully, the stairs were next to the front door, so I didn't have to risk walking through that creepy place. But when I look up the stairs, I nearly pissed myself. At the top is a girl, butt-ass naked and pointing down the upstairs hallway. She has makeup like Carly, thick and dark, and is staring at us with intent, possibly murderous. I turn to look back at Felix when the girl at the top of the stairs belts out in a voice louder than I'd peg her to have. Mother Hilda doesn't wait. So, petrified, I walk up those stairs. The place was eerily silent too. It was weird. I hadn't really noticed it before, but there was just no sound of the wind in the trees, no birds chirping, no rustling and no floorboard creaking, nothing. I started to really get those murder vibes on strong, but Felix flashed me a hunting knife that he brought along and whispered, I got you, we're leaving alive. But feeling like 0% better, I reached the top of the stairs and the girl who was maybe 14 I suppose, ran into a room on the upper floor and I saw Carly at the end of the hall next to a door, or what I assumed to be a closet. She had the biggest grin on her face too. Like a proud child about to show her mum a, a Play-Doh figure or something like that that she'd worked on all day. I walked closer and, with all the manly gusto that I had in me, made it five steps into the hallway. I had the feeling that I was going to puke and every fibre in my being was telling me that whatever was behind that door was danger, pure danger. Carly looked at me and said, Mother Hilda will see you, and opened that door. And what was inside was, I believe, to be a, a small child. It's back turned to me and eating something in the closet. I remember seeing what looked like chicken bones at its feet, which were huge, by the way. It was wearing a ratty, ready shawl and was butt-ass naked below the waist. And that's when I noticed that it wasn't a kid. It was a really small old person. It had that typical saggy old person ass and the one that lacks all tone and definition. I watched this thing turn around and it was honestly the scariest sight of my life. It was definitely some kind of old woman but I questioned that frequently given its appearance. It had just tiny, tiny arms like an infant on a toddler's body that was holding a shawl up. It had wispy angelic strands barely holding onto its head and a noticeable hump on its back. I assume that I noticed this because its face just didn't make sense. It was teeth, just kind of like one big mouth with hundreds of misshapen teeth. The entire face looked like it had been scooped out and just given teeth, rows upon rows of teeth. I saw no eyes, no nose, no forehead, just long creepy teeth. It snarled and yelled, no men. And at that point, I just passed out. When I woke up, I was back in Felix's house, him already up and staring at the floor with a thousand yard stare. 
I asked him if I had some kind of weird dream, and without missing a beat, he says, Nah, man. Mother Hilda is real. I thought it was a creepy fake thing, but dude, I saw it too. We talked for about 30 minutes after that about what happened, and we had basically the same recollection of the events, except Felix saw her move a step or two before he blacked out as well. Eventually, I said that I should go home, and he said that I should leave, and we both just went our separate ways. Over the next few days, I tried to message Carly. Back in the day, it was MSN Messenger, but the only response I ever got was, Mother Hilda never forgets. After three days of this, about ten messages a day as well, I just said, screw Carly, I didn't need that in my life anyway, and I never hung out with her again, although I did see her from time to time in school, but she just refused to even look at me. I only ever had one more encounter with Mother Hilda, or whatever the hell she is, past that. I had quite a big yard before the river and had a sizable fire pit where I would have fires, Having Felix as my only real friend, I had many bonfires alone, and that was fine, I enjoyed the spectacle of it all, so one night I was having a fire and I started to get really into it. The flames went about maybe 15 feet high and I was having a great time. I'd whipped off my shirt, placed it on the six foot poking stick that I had and began chanting in gibberish. Don't ask me why I did this, but it was just a, a conscious weird action that I did at the time, and teenagers are weird, right? But on the other side of the fire, through a line of trees, was a small path my neighbor had to go into the woods. And when I look down there, I catch a glance out of the corner of my eye of something small in the trees. Thinking that it was a wild cat or maybe a baby deer, I stopped to look at it. From the other side of the line of trees... I see Mother Hilda, her gaping more wide open and facing in my direction. I go to scream as is a logical action, but Mother Hilda says no, and my raging inferno just goes out. And not even an ember stayed lit. The fire just went cold and dead. I looked back and there was nobody there. At this point, I decided that that was enough of that and I book it into the house as fast as my legs can go. When I get inside, my mum asks me why I'm not having the fire anymore. She rarely cared what I did, so I asked why she wanted to know. And my mum said that the nice girl who wears black asked about me about five minutes ago at the front door. And mum had told her that I was having a fire and she started to walk to the backyard. I go to my room, horrified, and message Carly on MSN to demand what the hell. I shouldn't have got an answer since she had just been at my door, but I did. And it read, Mother Hilda likes you. I haven't really told anyone this story before now, as I know it's one of my more outlandish ones and no one's probably going to believe me. Plus, my friend Felix still won't talk about it to this day. I met him a while ago, in fact, when I travelled back to Newfoundland and asked him if he remembered Carly in the creepy house. And he just looked at me with dead eyes and said, Mother Hilda is real, man. Don't fuck around. And just dead ass walked away from me. And I still have yet to make any sense of any of it. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. 
It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. I live in a rural area that is slowly being developed. My house was built on a wooded lot that is fairly dense and is in an old forest. The trees are really tall, about two and a half times taller than a two-story home. And also, my neighborhood, if you can even call it that, is just a few houses built on a pretty long gravel road. But the entirety of the houses are built within this old, dense forest which extends about a mile in every direction. These homes are only about three years old. So I take my dog for a walk on the gravel road several times a day, but the night walks tend to be the most eerie. I've come along coyotes that creepily watch us from the woods until I shout at them. Actually, just a couple of weeks ago, I even walked up on a bear. I've learned to bring a bright 1000 lumen flashlight on my walks after this. But now for the creepy part. So sometimes when walking in these woods, they can just be eerily quiet. Anyone who's spent a good amount of time in the woods knows that the woods are actually pretty noisy. However, on these nights, it's virtually silent. No wind in the leaves and no clacking of swaying tree branches, no crickets. And it's on these nights that I hate these walks. I just get the sensation that I'm being watched. Sometimes I even get goosebumps because the sensation that we're being watched is just so strong. On occasion I can hear branches or tree limbs snapping and... Now, in the thick woods, it's totally normal to hear a random limb break off and fall to the ground. But the sound of a limb breaking naturally versus the sound of one being stepped on are very different. Sometimes I can hear branches snapping more frequently than I should as well, as if several people were hiding in the woods snapping branches off of trees or something. Most times, though, I just hear them around me, but I just can't find a cause. However... Two nights ago, I heard the branches snapping again, but this was very clearly the sound of intentional branches being snapped this time too. But the sound was coming from high up in the top of the trees. I shined my light up there, but couldn't see anything there, so I just kept walking. Then, more branches snapping. I stopped and looked again, but nothing. I started to walk again, but then another branch in the treetop snapped again. This time I just kept walking and as I did I could hear the sound of snapping branches in the treetops following me. This continued for about two minutes as I started fast walking to my home, branches being snapped behind me in the trees. Then, tonight, which is what prompted this story, I again had the weird uncomfortable feeling but the walk was pretty much uneventful which was different. As I'm almost home my dog was sniffing around a bush. He ended up getting a small branch stuck on his leash, so I grabbed the branch and threw it back into the woods, hearing it hit a bush. However, the moment I turned to walk, I heard something behind me which startled us. I turned around to see the same branch. It was a fairly distinct shaped branch, almost like a large but skinny wishbone of a turkey. 
which I just threw into the woods, back at my feet. I looked into the woods, but there was nothing there, but something had definitely thrown back the branch back at my feet. And at this point, I went straight home after that, completely spooked. I really don't know what's going on, but it seems as if this last week or so that activity has just increased dramatically. I'm really not sure what to think of it all, or if there's some sort of precipitating factor. But either way, I hope you guys found this interesting, and as of now, I'm stopping my walks. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. This happened to me back in 2011. I was 20 years old and was living with my grandpa and sister. My grandpa was in the hospital at the time and during the week that he was away, a lot of just weird things would happen at home. So my sister and I would often sleep in the living room. But one night my sister went out with her friends and left me alone at the house. It was around midnight and I decided to get some sleep since I had an early class the next morning. I'm afraid of the dark and I can't fall asleep without some sort of light so I left the bathroom and the kitchen light on. In my house it was just enough to partially illuminate the living room too. So I'm on the couch just trying to fall asleep and as I'm laying there I hear the keys in the door. The door opens and in walks my mum or at least the silhouette of my mum. I was actually surprised to see her because well it was late and my mum lives about 30 miles outside the city. I asked her what she's doing there and she told me that she was going to spend the night and go to work from there in the morning. She sounded super irritated and when I think about it, I couldn't see her face, only the outline of her body and her curly hair. Without my glasses or contacts, my vision sucks pretty bad and it was somewhat dark in the living room. Anyways, she tells me that she's going to shower and walks down the hall and closes the bathroom door. I'm thinking, okay, random, but whatever, and I look at my phone and it's one in the morning now, so I decide to just try and go to sleep for real, and eventually I manage to. I guess some time passes, and I end up jolting awake from my sleep with just an overwhelming sense of dread. I notice that the door to the bathroom is still closed, and I call out to my mum, but I get no answer. I go to the bathroom and open the door, but the room is empty. Getting even more creeped out, I search the entire house calling out for her until I realize eventually that I'm all alone. At this point, I start crying because I'm just too freaked out, so I call my sister and ask where she is. 
Thankfully, she had just pulled up and was talking to a friend on the driveway. When she comes inside, I told her what happened and she was obviously really weirded out. I look at my phone and it's a little after 2.30 in the morning, so I force myself to calm down and I go back to sleep. The next morning, I called my mum and asked if she came over the night before and she sounds confused because she was at her house the entire night. This was the weirdest and creepiest thing that has ever happened to me. I know that I wasn't dreaming and was actually awake when I was talking to this person or thing posing as my mum, but who the hell was I actually talking to? Let me know what you guys think. I'd like to preface this by saying that I do not believe in ghosts. So I was walking through the woods after fishing for the better part of the day and I decided to stay out real late and try and fish up some bullheads from a local watering hole. I was only about 13 and stayed out way later than I normally would. Usually I would take a trail home but decided to cut through some thicker brush to get to my grandparents house so that I could call my mum. I knew that she'd probably be freaking out a bit, even though this happened from time to time. There was an abandoned graveyard on my route too. I don't remember what the story was about it, but I knew it was there. I had wandered past it before, never really checked it out. It's all just overgrown and wild anyway. And I knew that if I followed on the outskirts of the graveyard, that I'd hit the road and be home free. The day had been pretty chill overall for my late spring day, but I swear in my teenage brain that it was just getting colder. I remember looking at my breath and thinking how weird it was that it hadn't gotten so cold. It was overall a pretty bright night, near full moon, but in the woods it was really hard to see. The graveyard was wide open, no trees, and it was well lit. As I was walking up, I noticed that the ground was covered in a thin layer of fog and remember looking into the graveyard and not really registering what I saw at first. It was a person, which at first didn't seem odd, so I kept quiet and walked into the woods a bit more so I didn't get spotted. I didn't know who it was, so I just wanted to keep clear at this point. I stepped behind some of the trees and lost sight of them for a moment, and when I came back around the tree, they were just gone which was weird because I was behind the tree for maybe a few seconds tops. I didn't hear anything and I walk a bit further keeping an eye out and at this point I must admit that I was a bit creeped out. Near the graveyard was a, a rundown, a barn of sorts I suppose. I'm not really sure what it was but as I got closer to it I could see that someone was inside. I got a good look at them too and it was a woman, probably in her 50s. The way the moonlight hit her made her look incredibly pale too. And strangely she seemed to be digging but I didn't hear anything. No sounds of a shovel or her making noise in any way and I was maybe 30 feet away so I should have heard something. I could see that she stopped though and then she just disappeared behind some debris. And at this point... I decided to get the heck out of there and quickly moved to get out of the road. I tried to keep track of her, looking for where she went, but I just couldn't find her. It was like she just literally disappeared. I kept trucking though and came out to the road. The fog was pretty much covering the road at this point, a small country road, fields on one side and woods on the other. 
And as I walked down the road, she would just randomly appear in front of me at times. And I started hiding and basically playing cat and mouse with her. Each time I saw her, she was hard to see, only in the moonlight and stuck to the remnants of some of the old houses nearby. She always looked pale and just never made any noise. Once I got past the part of the road which had a number of barn foundations and home remnants, I never saw her again and it instantly started getting warmer. It creeped me out so much too that I just never went back that way again. I don't know who or what that was, but I told my uncle about it and he went and checked it out, thinking that maybe someone was trying to excavate the graves. But when he got back, he said that there wasn't anything messed with. And in the end, they thought that I was lying. It still gives me the shakes just typing this out, because I know it was most likely someone wandering around looking for stuff or checking the place out. But what teenage me remembers just didn't seem natural it was also weird that she just never made any noise she also seemed to be able to just appear and move around me at one point she was right behind me and i swear a moment later that she was in front of me again so we were out camping but we were way out in the middle of nowhere on blm land in colorado we drove for an hour and a half down a forest service road and didn't see another soul the whole time. And you could definitely see headlights and hear cars for miles away from our campsite. In other words, it's not like somebody could have just snuck up unnoticed. So, we had three cars with us and eight people. Just got done eating, cleaned up, it was getting dark so we went to the cars real quick before hitting our tents for the night. And somebody had slashed the front tire on each of the three cars with what appeared to be a box cutter. Everyone thought it was a prank, but it became very apparent quickly that it wasn't. All of us were beyond spooked, like panicking a bit, scary to watch spooked. We all had spares and one dude had a gun, so we threw on our donuts while the guy literally guarded us and then we just got the hell out of there. I still have nightmares about it sometimes though, just knowing that there was some person probably watching us, maybe wanting to even harm us, just standing out there in the darkness. And it makes me feel physically ill to this day. My dad and I went hiking a few days ago and my dad is a waterfall fanatic. He wants to see as many as possible in his life. So, he and I are hiking along a very pretty trail. We're hiking along a river. It's flowing nicely. There's mountains all around us. The trail is weaving around these big, beautiful boulders. I'm hiking at most uh, 30 feet ahead of him, I'd say, looking for a spot to stop and have a sit down for a picnic lunch. And as I rounded a blind curve in the trail, I just freeze. Sitting on a stump, maybe 10 feet off to the right of the trail, is a guy. But he's wearing one of those colourful Baja hoodies with the hood pulled up and a half mask with rabbit ears. He sees me and stands up right as my dad rounds the corner. We're all three sizing each other up in silence and my dad addresses him. Hey, what's up buddy? The masked man tips his head as if he was deciding what to do with us. And then he says back... Not much, man. You aren't the guys I'm waiting for. Have a good day. Then he turns and jogs off quickly into the woods. 
Strapped on his lower back was a large hunting knife, and he also had a pistol on his hip. We lost sight of him pretty quickly. We hadn't seen a soul on the trail all day, and we'd been hiking for almost three hours. Needless to say, we left the waterfall for another day and just quickly turned around. Once we were off the trail, we reported it to the local forest service and the police, but they said that they couldn't do much aside from keep an eye out for any suspicious activity. The masked guy didn't have a backpack or water or pretty much anything, which makes me think that he either stashed it somewhere or was maybe camping and waiting nearby. I hate to admit it, but I desperately wanted to go after the guy and ask who he was actually waiting for and why. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.